50 State Avenue. For more information on these and the many events that have been recently added, go to kkfi.org slash artskcgo. This is Maria Vasquez-Boyd, and you are listening to 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Wednesday to everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on 90.1 FM KKFI Kansas City Community Radio. Happy to be in your ears today from noon to one. I want to say happy Wednesday. We have a great show lineup. We have Jessica Connolly, Michelle Hawkins, and Brandon Whitehead. So stick around. We'll be right back. So I want to uh, start the show off by saying thank you, thank you, thank you to the supporters of Artspeak Radio and KKFI who contributed to the Winter Pledge Drive. Thank you so very much. It it means a lot to me because uh, I know that you believe in this little old radio station. Thank you to Kathy Peters, Valerie Andrus, Kathy Whitnam, Terry Steenson, Rosario Hayner-Fletcher, Maria Rios, Penny Themey, Teresa Dirks, Dick Daniels, Jennifer Bricker Pugh, Celeste Lupercio, Tisha Via Strickland, Debbie Barrett Jones, Ada Koch, Bill Pryor, and an anonymous donor. Also, thanks to Jason Vivoni and John Todd for being my wingman uh, last week. So, happy, uh, happy, happy, thank you so much for your support. Uh, I want to turn next to our first guest, who is Michelle Hawkins. Um, she's She's portraying Patsy Cline. You know who Patsy Cline is. Uh, Patsy Cline was born Virginia Patterson Hensley on September 8, 1932. She played her final show at the age of 30 on March 3, 1963 in Kansas City, Kansas, before her fateful plane ride home, killing her along with Cowboy Copas and Hawkshaw Hawkins on March 5, 1963. So we're going to talk about the production that she's in, Almost Always Patsy. Yay! Thanks Yay. for joining us today, Michelle. Thank you for having me. You bet. And right next to Michelle, we have Bruce Young, a co-founder of Aztec Theater, Shawnee, Aztec Shawnee Theater. Yes. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. How exciting. Almost always Patsy. Almost always. Almost. Yeah, tell us about it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so there was a production that has gone across uh, the nation, and they had a show at uh, the New Dinner Theater that was almost all or always Patsy, uh-huh. always Patsy, because she would sign her letters, always Patsy. Mm. Um, and so I decided it would be an almost always Patsy. But yeah. um, we're coming up on 60 years. It was March 5th. Unbelievable. Of 1963, and it's a it's a milestone for sure. It's hard to believe it's been 60 years. Well, and and you know you can say that her music is still relevant today. It is today. so relevant, right? It's, it's, to it's me, it's timeless. amazing. You know, and that's what I, I tell my crews every time I yeah. get to perform her music. And I I sing for senior living communities for a living, um, and I do monthly themes for some of those that are um, scheduling me monthly and. March is my Patsy Cline month. I love it. Because it was March 3rd, and she was at Memorial Hall, and she was doing a fundraiser. And uh, it was actually Dottie West was there as well. Oh, my goodness. And she was worried about her getting on that airplane, and her airplane pilot was actually her manager. And she said, Haas, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Oh, what a huge yeah. loss. And as I, men- as I mentioned, her music is still relevant today, and mm-hmm. it continues to touch the hearts of young and old. And it's really an honor for you to keep her music alive, right? A thousand percent, right? yeah. Wow. It's always wow. almost a little nerve-wracking yeah. on some level because I really try to tune into the spirit of Patsy at that time, just on my soul level, not yeah. necessarily performance level, but a, a soul level of I want to do her justice by by. By all means. Well, and, and I do want to ask you, how do you prepare for a role such as this in terms of, of her music and his, her uh, her legacy? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a huge task, well, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I've been performing her, her songs for about 12 years now. Wow. Um, and like I said, I did, I've done from 2010 to today. I'm actually going today up in St. Joe and performing a Patsy Cline show oh, for them goodness. today. So it's just a matter of now it's just really... Uh, polishing it this will be the first time I do this type of show God (laughs) bless you Bruce Young (laughs) he asked me like a year or so ago to do it and I I really chickened out I'm not gonna lie it's a big deal it's a big deal to get up there and and this time I'll actually be dressed out in my short brown wig and and that was something I was going to yeah that was something I was going to ask you I mean because it's it's one thing to perform right uh the the songs but then to perform in character and just kind of really uh be the spirit of of Patsy yeah I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm a little nervous but wow I uh I will absolutely embody her as best as I can and ask her to come. Someone gave her a Patsy Cline album for Christmas. Yes, you uh-huh. did. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. it was so cool. <laughs> Who would that be? So well, cool. Do you have, really special. Do you have a, a favorite Patsy Cline song that you yeah. look forward to mm-hmm. when you perform? I know what you think I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't say crazy, but it's not. Uh, he yeah. Called Me Baby is my favorite okay. one. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And this uh, performance will take place almost always, Patsy, will take place at the Aztec Shawnee Theater at 11119 Johnson Drive, Shawnee, Kansas, uh, Sunday, March 5th. Uh, The concert starts at 3 p.m. and the doors open at 1 p.m. Uh, prior to concert time mm-hmm. and you can find out more information on online about tickets and, and price and all of that what is the website there bruce 
Bruce uh, Young? It was just AztecShawnee.com. Okay. okay. And this is the first time we've done a Sunday afternoon show yeah. like this uh, with an artist like Michelle. And I, I just I just felt like people will be off that day. I'm sorry, they'll be. Yeah. And they'll have, this is an easy time. There's the football's oh, sure. over. And, and, yeah. and, and <laughs> we won. We won. Yeah, we I won. hear. And, uh, but, you know, uh, I, th- I just think it's perfect. And uh-huh. I, I just hope people just even just wander in. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's sold out at all yet. But okay. I, I want I wanted this public publicity here yeah because she needs to be seen I like I've seen her and I've she's even allowed me to even play play with her at a gig wow. and uh, and I just uh, I, I think the world of her and and oh, I, by the way my I favorite my favorite Patsy song <laughs> is uh, she's got you she's got you it's, it's yeah. a it's it's a favorite yeah. but anyway yeah. uh, I think she's going to do well with this with this part and even her next one she does she has another she has other ideas but uh, this is a good one that I kind of promoted so I love it. I love it. Almost always Patsy. You know, and we love her music. And, and actually, you know, because of, of certain uh, TV spots and, and programs, I'll, I think a lot of people are being exposed to a, a variety of artists and songs based on, you know, Target commercials or, you know, um, miniseries and that sort of thing. The people that wouldn't have uh, normally heard some of the music, not necessarily always just Patsy, but mm-hmm. just uh, the older sort yeah. of music that, yeah. that I grew up with. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's really exciting to see the the joy in people when they think, oh, I've never heard that before, yeah. but it's been around for decades. It right? really, really, right? really lights me up to see the younger generation light up with the music and that they know it. Yeah. They, they know this music. You know, I do 50s music as well. Any of my you know, rock around the clock, and I'm telling you, every single time I sing that kind of music, wow. it gets people on the floor, young and old, babies, yeah, yeah. all the way up to 90s. Patsy was wow. crossover into mainstream yeah. from like country mainstream, really. Yeah, the the one song that she was presented with that she originally said no to was "Walking After Midnight." She said it was too much of a pop tune, and she was a country girl at heart. She wore her mom's hand sewn cowgirl outfits, wow. and uh, she was actually invited to be on the Arthur Godfrey show, Talent Scouts, and they, they said, we'd really like you to change your image a little bit and, and uh, maybe wear an evening gown. And So she went on to be one of the first country singers to cross over to pop, which for her meant more money. Yeah. And the neat thing about Patsy Cline was as talented as she was, she was also quite business savvy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she made a name for herself. She, she expected to get paid prior to the show. She had a mantra, there's no dough, no show. Guess what? I'm I not there like yet. that. I like that. <laughs> but I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you do have to do a lot of research about her, uh, about her life, and about her, the way she lived, and and you know, performed and all that? Did you do a yeah. lot of research? Prior I've done. To this? I've done my own research, yeah. but you know, there's a lot of. Do you remember PBS did a, a series on all I the way from Patsy Cline, Hank yeah. Williams, all yes. of that, and it was just really yeah. fascinating to hear, you know, the the behind the scenes stories and how she was such a great friends with with Loretta Lynn who we just lost as well yeah. so I think they're up there in heaven right now having a little hoedown yeah. I like that yeah. I like that well and, and I know that there's been some movies based on her yeah. life too that sort of fill uh, a person in on on her who she was as a singer performer mm-hmm. um, wife mother and all that I mean yeah. it's really an interesting sort of uh, version of a vision of who mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. and so again, this is going to be at the Aztec Shawnee Theater at 1111, got too many ones, a nine, <laughs> Johnson Drive, Shawnee, Kansas, um, March 5th, that's on a Sunday, and the concert starts at 3 p.m. 
Now, you yourself have been performing for a number of, of years, mm-hmm. really, yeah. since when? Well, I'm actually a late bloomer. <laughs> so, you know, I can remember at the age of two, my wow. favorite toy was that play school radio that you could have the microphone and sing right? along to the radio with that. How fun um, is that? And I went through choir, all the choir classes, mm. had to try out and made concert choir. But it was probably about 1993 that karaoke had started coming out. And I was going to sing karaoke for my first time, and I got in a serious car accident. So I didn't get to do that. Went on to get married and have babies. So it wasn't until 2007, 2008, that I was presented with an opportunity to sing with a live band. Mm. And pretty much they allowed me to have that microphone, and I wouldn't, they had to pry it. They're prying it out of my hands. Yeah, so I've been so blessed uh, to, for somehow, some way, God presented it to me to get to have music in my life. And um, a lot of great things have come into my world from it. I've had some amazing opportunities. When I leave here, I'm heading up to St. Joe to sing for one of my senior communities, but on the way I'll be talking to SSM in Nashville about possibly coming back down and doing another recording down there. But um, How cool, good yeah, for you. You know, everything happens in the time it's supposed yeah, to happen. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, and, and I know uh, I, I have other friends who do sing for senior citizens, and you know, the, the response that they get from those the, from that audience mm-hmm. it's incredible that you know uh like some, no other well yeah because the music sometimes triggers a memory Absolutely. or they sing along yes. and it's like yes it's sort of just yes. this fantastic thing that happens that takes place it's with, really with magical very yeah. magical and i never knew i was going to do that if you'd yeah. asked me 10 years <laughs> 12 years ago if i was something i was going to do I, yeah. it would have been I, I, what um but it happened um i was asked to do it for actually um, initially a hospice patient mm, um, mm-hmm. and they said now she's manic depressive she's um, in a wheelchair she has a helmet on she's either going to be in her manic state or her depressed state but either way don't don't take it personal and she was in her manic back and forth back and forth and mm-hmm. when we started playing and singing she stopped and she was just mesmerized and I knew I knew how magical and medicinal oh music was for my soul it's the best medicine across across all walks of life. Everybody can relate to it. I don't it's just something really I think it's just a gift from God that we have music and for yeah. them to stop in those moments. You're tapping into something that maybe they checked out in life somehow, some way, mentally, physically, emotionally. But boy, they re engage right wow. then and there. That's priceless. What a it's gift. Absolutely priceless. Such a gift. If you just joined us, this is Art Speak Radio. I'm Maria Vasquez Boyd. I'm talking to Michelle Hawkins, who's uh, going to perform on Sunday, March 5th, Almost Always Patsy. A uh, wonderful tribute to uh, Patsy Klein. Um, 60 years since we lost her in our music. Her music is still relevant today, and it continues to touch the hearts of young and old. So Michelle is going to sing songs from Patsy Klein's mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, repertoire. And, you know, not only that, you also do other music, too, as, as you yeah. mentioned with your senior citizens. Yeah. you want to talk about that? Well, we got the Aztec Shawnee has been such a huge support to me this past couple of years they've allowed me to be on the stage with my Joe Bonamassa tribute show okay. which is called Last Kiss absolutely amazing phenomenal musicians um, who agreed to sign up and 
and, and dedicate their time to that amazing music. If you don't know who Joe Bonamas is, you got to check him out. It's blues, um, but it's it's kind of a groovy, cool blues. Had I known I was going to ever be interested in blues, it would have been about 2008 when I heard Danielle sing for the first time, and we all know who Danielle is, um, <laughs> at Marty's Blues Cafe. And I was like, oh, I'd never heard blues before. Wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I want to sound like Wow. You know, so I always say blues is the lily pad I want to land on. But then I've also got... um, (laughs) I like that. Yeah, I've also got... um, I started a tribute, another tribute show last summer um, as soon as we lost Naomi Judd Mm, on April mm -hmm, 30th mm -hmm. of suicide. And I'm a huge fan. I grew up country. I've got lots of music in my background, but country music is is like coming home for me. Um, So we're doing a tribute to the Judds, and we're going to be at... The Aztec Theater on right. Sunday, April 30th. What's which the name is, of your group uh, for it's, that? It's uh, Why Not Me. Why Not Me. Yeah, oh, Why Not that. Me. So that's a, a tribute to Naomi on the day of her, her passing a year ago. So very excited about that program as well. And Michelle, as we're talking, I, I'm thinking about if you could share your social media platforms mm-hmm. or, or where people can find you at so they can find out more information about who you are and the dates and yeah, performances and that definitely. sort of thing. Well, yeah. old school, you can always still go to the website it's michellehawkins212.com and that's just my name with my birthday 212 behind it um i've got facebook page which is uh, michelle moonshine hawkins music you've got last kiss and you've got why not me um and you've got my regular michelle hawkins facebook page as well i'm out there you just look up michelle hawkins casey and there's youtube there's just a plethora of stuff through the years that you're going to see from even when I first started singing to just recently. so. Yeah. Well, I think this is widely popular. I, I think, again, there's such a fan base of Patsy Cline and her music that mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a, a sellout. I hope so. You know, and, and Bruce, you continue to bring excellent uh, music to our ears mm-hmm. in shiny Kansas. What, will you have any, do you want to tell us about upcoming events? Well, like Friday night, we have yeah. the Route 66 band, which is some local guys, some of them from Osawatomie in Kansas City okay. area. And uh, I, they, they told me last week, they actually came in to see another show. The whole band came in. And I guess I'm doing about five songs with them. Okay. Uh, I, I've played with them the last two times they were there. And, uh, and then uh, Saturday night, we have... Um, I should know this. Oh, this is a friend of mine has a, a tribute band to uh, uh, John Cougar, but also oh, the good. Doobie Brothers. It's yeah. called uh, the Doobie Brothers. K- Doobie's KC, I believe it's called. And I believe it's Scott Allowell. And, and uh, Scott, uh, he, he hosts and fronts a number of tribute bands, mm-hmm. and he's really good. Yes, and he uh, and so they continue to. We've had a number of sold-out shows. The Yacht yeah. Big Groove last yeah. week mm-hmm. uh, was just over the top full with the people. I had sold-out signs on the door. Nobody could buy any more tickets. There were so many people dancing. It, it was just loaded. And then there was uh, uh, Johnny Rampage. If you know who Johnny Rampage mm-hmm. is, he did his Billy Idol tribute. And that was like the second phase of the I- evening. And then... Uh, the last was a Hall of Notes tribute. And some of these guys cool. are all from the M80s band. Yeah. So they're they're super gifted. These guys are great artists. And uh, But I like all these guys. I like everything. Yeah. And and like the Route 66, that's just kind of rock and roll, uh, some blues and country. And they, they pretty much cover a lot of things. Uh, I think the Doobies KC are going to be really good. I haven't heard them yeah. yet, but I guess I'm playing uh, my blues harp on Long Train Running. That so, sounds great. Uh, that's yeah. what they told me. That so, sounds great. Uh, well, yeah. Well, thank you, Bruce, for, for coming. 
coming out today yeah. and and inviting Michelle Hawkins on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's for been a, me. a pleasure to meet Absolutely. you because you know we, our meal, emails well. have been going back and forth. It's like I can't wait to meet yeah, this awesome. Michelle. So very talented. Pleasure. Congratulations on Almost Always Patsy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us and come back anytime. Absolutely. We'd love to. You bet. Thank hey, you, Hey, you absolutely. We're going to be right back with Artspeak Radio after this. Many workers today work in teams. That sounds great because workers know how to run things. But more often than not, their knowledge is used against them by management. This week on the Heartline Labor Forum, we'll talk to Richard Meller, activist and writer, about this. Then, one of this year's most significant union contracts will expire in less than six months. It's the UPS agreement with the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. The results could have big ramifications on Amazon and FedEx, too. Tune in Thursday at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday at 5 a.m. Hey, we're back. This is Artspeak Radio, and I'm Maria Vasquez Boyd. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Getting a big old kiss from Bruce Young. Yay, Bruce. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, we're listening online at kkfi.org, and we're happy to have you every Wednesday, noon to one. And uh, yeah, either online, kkfi.org, or on your you know, car or, or tune in radio, whatever. Next up, we have the Divine. Jessica Connolly, who connects creatives and creates stories. Connolly is a writer, life, and business coach, speaker, and founder of The Creatives Apprentice. Now, she spends her mornings writing fantasy novels, business how-to articles, and creative nonfiction. Afternoons are dedicated to helping creatives own their worth. Now, she simplifies their business practices, coaches them through limiting, uh, coaches them through limiting misbeliefs and connects them with a support community. Her specialty is helping writers and other creatives become happier and more creative as they increase productivity and live their dreams. Welcome, my friend Jessica. It's so good to see you, Maria. Thanks for having me. You bet. It, it's been a while. It has. Yeah, so we're happy to have you back because you, you've got this really wonderful business and, and it's helping others in the creative community, right? Yes, and it evolved organically and I fell into it and it wasn't where I expected to end up. But I love it and I love seeing people bring their creative work to others. But what I really love is when they start to own their worth and realize how much value what they're creating actually happens in the world and goes out and impacts and changes lives and they deserve compensation for it as well as the validation for all of the time and effort they put into it. You know, and, and that's that's really, I think, one of the pitfalls of being a creative person is, you know, trying to determine your self-worth in terms of, you know, uh, what does this cost? What is this, you know, what is my time worth and my talent and all that? I think uh, for many creative people, we sometimes undersell ourselves right I would say 99.999 percent of the time we undersell ourselves and what I find is it starts before money even comes into play so many creatives are creating but they're not even owning the fact that they are an artist or a writer or a musician and if they go to a party or they go to a bar and somebody's like oh what do you do they answer with whatever's paying their bills but that's not who they are who they are is what they are creating and what they are bringing to the world. And so that first step of really owning your worth is admitting out loud to another human, I am a writer, I am a creative, I am a musician, whatever that thing is. And that's the first mindset hurdle. And when you start overcoming that, 
then it leads you to take a little more courage in asking for monetary value. But really, all of that starts 10 steps before when you own your worth and just realize like what I'm doing has value and it is going to impact the world and people. I think that's an interesting point that you make because a lot of times in discussion with people, they're almost uh, grudgingly, uh, you know, admitting, well, I'm an artist, but I'm, I'm not a, you know, I, you know, you probably haven't seen my work. It's almost being apologetic for their creativity. Yes. Which I think is, is sort of sad. Yes. And, um, it's common though like if you Mm -hmm. feel like Mm -hmm. that don't feel bad because that's how societally we have been trained we've been conditioned that um art doesn't have as much value and we've been discounted into the idea of the starving artist and these type of things that's what we were culturally raised as americans to Mm -hmm. believe and so don't feel bad if you feel like that but also start thinking about the fact that your experience that you're bringing to the table, in addition to your talent and your time that you're adding, does have worth and it has value. And there's no need to apologize because what you're doing is really cool. And there are so many mm-hmm. people out there who don't know what they want to do with their lives. And the fact that we actually know what we want to do, we are so lucky. And so just step into the power that you already have and realize just the fact you know what you want to do puts you tens steps ahead of that person in a dead-end job who just feels no purpose or where they want to go. You're already ahead on the game, and you can catch up on the business side, and that's why I'm here. I love it. Well, and I think there's also the the fact that, you know, uh, many artists just can't say no. I, You know, sometimes they're shamed into doing something, or they're just really pushed in a way, well, this will give you more exposure. You know, um, okay, I'm giving my work away for free because I'm going to gain exposure. It's sort of distorted, isn't it? It's super distorted. And there's a local um, writer and musician named Jim Cosgrove, and he's known as Mr. Stinky Feet around town. And he told me once, um, people die of exposure. And I was like, that is a really valid point. Because when we start devaluing our work financially, we're setting that precedent. But also, um, one of the most helpful phrases you can learn, if you take anything away from this, is you can just have rote scripts that you memorized for when people ask you things. And one thing you can memorize is the phrase, are you asking for public service or is there a budget for what what you're asking me to do? And that opens the conversation to say, I know I'm worth something. There's money, there's a budget. I want, I want in on that. Or if they say, it's I'm asking for public service, it's completely valid to say, I appreciate that. I don't have time in my schedule for pro bono work right now. Or a lot of people feel like they do want to do something for free in order to give back. And mm-hmm. so what I recommend is looking at your whole year and saying, how many projects do I want to do for free? How many gigs do I want to do for free? And then you say, I'm going to do one a quarter. So I have four gigs. You choose the ones you want to do for free. And when somebody asks, say, hey, I'm sorry, I've already allocated my time for the year for my pro bono work. And if you want to get on for next year, you can reach out to me then. But at this point in time, I'm only taking paying work. And I'm glad to talk about what your budget is so that we can see if I can still work with you. I think that is so smart. You know, and and a lot of times we don't think about 
doing it in, in those terms. Um, I do want to mention uh, Jessica Connolly's website is thecreativeapprentice.com. We're going to take a real quick break from Artspeak Radio, and we'll be back with Jessica, Jessica Connolly. But I want to share with you that she's given us a gift. I have. I'd like to give uh, two listeners free coaching sessions. And it's an hour-long Zoom session where we dig into whatever you want to. I'm a certified life and business coach, but my specialty is working with creatives and helping you own your worth. But I can help you with a lot of things, be it time management, getting a project out there. Um, and I guess, are we going to have people call in? Or yeah. How do you want to so, do so what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the number. Uh, we're going to go to break. And during this break, you can call this number, and I'll take the first two listeners. The number is 816-931-5534. Again, 816-931-5534 for a one-hour, one-on-one coaching session with Jessica Connolly. And uh, go ahead and call that number now. We're going to take a real quick break, and we'll be back. Hi, I'm Russ Simmons. And I'm Susan Sanders. And this is Take Two, two takes of the movie currently playing in theaters or streaming. Pamela, A Love Story is a sort of memoir documentary told by Pamela Anderson on Netflix. Using home movies, film clips from Baywatch, and interviews with her son, Brandon Thomas Lee, Anderson shares her own thoughts about her life. Anderson does some serious self-reflection in this warts and all Netflix documentary. An avid diarist, Anderson reads from her journals, which provide an interesting perspective on her experiences. This film is an interesting look at the phenomenon that she was in the 80s. She started with Playboy, which got her a start on the wildly popular TV show Baywatch. She was an exceptionally beautiful woman in her 20s, who took chances with her life and became a cheap joke. While she doesn't flinch from admitting her flaws, Anderson also embraces the chance to set the record straight about her life and infamous tabloid scandals. Her rocker musician husband, Tommy Lee, and she created various scandals, the biggest being the infamous sex tape. The surprise in this documentary is that she got the lead role on Broadway for the musical Chicago. And she was good. Since this movie was produced by Anderson's son, it really only provides a one-sided viewpoint. But it's understandable that she'd want people to know something about her other than what they see in the tabloids. The wild success and fame she enjoyed through her life didn't make her happy. And I think she kind of knows she missed the boat on something. There's a sadness about her that this film captures. It's worth a watch. Agreed. I'm Russ Simmons. And I'm Susan Sanders. And this is Take Two. Are you looking for the perfect Sunday morning radio listening experience? Look no further because River Trade Radio has got you covered. From bluegrass to jazz, from R&B to folk, River Trade has it all. We've got real live guests and a whole lot more, including lots of local music. River Trade Radio airs from 9 till 11 every Sunday morning. If you or someone you know is suffering from thoughts of suicide, you can dial the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 988 or go to 988lifeline.org. 
This is a public service announcement of 90.1 FM KKFI. Hello, and we're back. This is Art Speak Radio. I'm Maria Vasquez Boyd on 90.1 FM KKFI Kansas City Community Radio. We have the very wonderful and talented Jessica Connolly. Hello, Jessica. Hi. Uh, she's uh, connecting creatives and creative stories. She's a writer, life, and business coach, speaker, and founder of The Creatives Apprentice. And she was so generous to give two of our lucky callers uh, a one-on-one -on -one coaching session, uh, a one-hour one-on-one coaching session so I want to say congratulations to Kim and congratulations to Gail for being our first two callers and yeah we'll get your information to Jessica and uh, we'll, we'll hand it over that way but we want to say thank you for for supporting the station and listening to us Jessica Connolly just a wonderful this is sounds like a terrific business venture um, not only for yourself but for this creative community that really could use some guidance right I think community is the biggest key to success in your creative career. And I think a lot of people have this misbelief that creatives are just in our rooms, like in an attic, typing away on a typewriter or something. But how my business actually evolved was organically. Um, on Twitter, I had applied to be a mentor, and I had three people who were really strong candidates, but I knew it didn't matter if I did an edit for them or how good their story was. What they really needed was a strong support system that was going to help them through the mental issues that came up and just mm. provide support and reassurance that what they were doing had value, as well as the fact that it was worth it staying in it for the long haul. Because so much about a creative career is realizing we're lucky in the sense that our creativity can evolve through decades. We can do this for 60, 70 years, and most careers are not like that. And so to start building that support system is so huge. And then the fact that I happened to be good at simplifying a de-scaring business was just like a super extra side effect. And I, I enjoy that, but the community is what keeps me going. Mm. And during the pandemic, I switched my business so that we had a virtual community. So three times a week, we do co-working sessions where people just log on to Zoom and they work on whatever creative aspect they want to. Or sometimes, like, honestly, if I'm having a hard time even folding clothes or something, just being like, it's the external accountability sure. of people showing up and also working on something that they're passionate about and just knowing that we're all working to get something together. And then also seeing those relationships form across countries, across time zones and how I've found people or people have found me through my writing who I never would have met otherwise but now I consider them to be real friends and it's fantastic I love that I love that you know I, I do want to uh, help our listeners understand when we talk about the the creative community and the uh, this uh, your business is set to to um, assist creative people what do you generate what do you can you describe who you're talking about? What what groups of people? Are there musicians, writers, uh, performers? I've worked with all of them. Yeah. So it's anyone who has something that they're creating and their goal is to start sharing it with the public. And their goal is eventually maybe even to transition to a part-time or full-time career doing this. And so I work with people in three different stages. One is the hobbyist who's trying okay. to transition from being a hobbyist to getting like your first paid gig or whatever. And there's some mindset hurdles that you have with that. Then there's kind of this intermediate crossover stage where you're you're maybe still working your full-time job but your art or your your 
music is starting to get some traction and so you're kind of balancing both lives and then there's the third step where you're like oh I'm gonna take the jump I'm doing it I'm all in and then you know the differences between having a steady paycheck and then how art money is is kind of erratic you know and so we have to look at money a little bit differently than every two weeks and that kind of thing and setting up your business and learning taxes and all that kind of stuff so I help people through every stage of it but um yeah I do one-on-ones with musicians photographers, visual artists, writers. I'm a writer myself, so obviously I can go really deep into editing and things like that because I transitioned to this business from an editing business. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's anyone who wants to transition and start sharing their work with the public. Very good. If you would share with us all the social media links that that our uh, listeners can find you at, that would be helpful. Sure. So the best places are my websites. The first one is thecreativesapprentice.com. Um, and you can find us on Twitter um, and Instagram at The Creatives App. So it's T-H-E-C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E-S-A-P-P. And then also um, LinkedIn is a great place to find the business and also me personally. And then for the people who wanted the free coaching session but weren't able to win it, there's actually a secret slide back door where I have my Jessica Connolly website, which is jessicaconnolly.com, and that's J-E-S-S-I-C-A-C-O-N-O-L-E-Y.com. And if you go to a blog post called Scavenger Hunt, you may be able to find some things that you're interested in there. And on social media, I'm most active on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, so LinkedIn is really the best place to find me. Ah, oh, terrific. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for your generosity uh, to offer this one-hour, one-on-one coaching session for two of our callers. And again, they're Kim and Gail. You know, um, I, I just, I love this business. I, I think it's so much needed. And we're happy that you were able to share this with us today. And again, to offer us uh, these sessions for the Lucky Callers. Please come back. I would love to. And thank you for all you do, Maria, uh, because you really help Kansas City and so many artists get our work out there. Well, you're very welcome. But, you know, I just think that um, this is a great opportunity for our listeners to really kind of fine-tune their their business skills and, and really kind of focus, right? Yeah, definitely. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you. You know, and I want to switch gears right now because we have Brandon Whitehead on on the phone. He is the writer, producer, host of the Speakeasy at Swordfish Toms, located at 210 West 19th Terrace, Kansas City, Missouri. Are you there, Brandon? I am here. Yay, I've great. decided to walk away from staring at my dead car battery and go inside and... <laughs> Go ahead and call in. Uh, sorry about that. No uh, problems. No problems. You know, life happens, and so this is just one of those things that happens at, you know, live on air, and you can't always control things, but uh, we, we thank you for calling in. You know, this speakeasy is pretty darn popular, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it would be, this October would be eight years, which, you know, uh, you came and read not too long ago in the most wonderful job. And, Bless your heart. Uh, you, you were, you know, we talked about how you, you know, art speak is 10 years. And, you know, it's just one of those things you turn around and look how long you've been doing it. And you're like, really? Eight <laughs> years? Um, you know, and of course, mine is going to have the the asterisk with a lot of live events that there was no 2020. So For real. technically seven. But, you know, um, yeah, it's. It's been, you know, first of all, I can't thank 
Jill Coxon, the owner of uh, Sorcerer's Tom, yes, enough yes. to to be there consistently and just give me that time to be my goofy little self and have my goofy little poetry readings there for so long. And, you know, it's it's like having the best band in the world, mm, Jill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, yeah, uh, you know yeah. not does she only make award-winning cocktails, uh, she's just an incredibly charming and wonderful person, and having her, you know, sort of run that allows me to just sort of run around and, you know, do my thing. But, well, you know, it, it's it's such a, a wonderful atmosphere, and, and it's sort of, um, if you've not been there before, it sort of takes you back like, wow, this is really, truly a speakeasy because you go downstairs, and then you go through downstairs, and then you go through this sort of a really wonky space that's dark, but it's beautiful with this big, you know, industrial stuff hanging, uh, that whatever that tank is. I mean, it's just really wonderful, and you just kind of feel like you're in this modern-day speakeasy, and it's beautiful, it's wonderfully lit, the cocktails flow, and it, it's a lot of fun, you know, to, to listen to the different uh, poets that you have monthly um, I do want to mention that uh, for the next uh, for the next uh, presentation, you will present Jenny Mulberg and Aaron Adair Hodges, and Kansas State yeah. Poet Laureate Tracy Brimhall. What's yeah, not, yeah. What's not it, to it, love about it's that? It's supposed to be two poets. They don't listen to me, so uh, <laughs> you know they just. Uh, uh, and I'm going to have the three of them there. Uh, I've had them read there several years before. And I know about 15 minutes into it, I will lose complete control of the event <laughs> as uh, they just turn it into a giant party. But yeah, no, it's 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 that's going to be a great group and uh, just superb poets, uh, people from Pleiades, oh, uh, which is a, an incredible literary magazine. Yeah. And uh, and uh, Jenny's got a new book, and uh, I think Tracy does too. So you know that's always fun to you know you can show up, you know and. It's a free event, but you can, you know, grab a book and have the poet sign it, and then you got something to show off. And, yeah. Uh, not to mention, you get to enjoy the cocktails. So. Well, and that takes, yeah, yeah that takes place, place Sunday, March fifth, from seven. Uh, doors open when at seven or earlier? Well, I, I tell again, <laughs> doors doors are at six. Okay. But it's a small space, you know. Yeah. As you as you yeah. said, it's a small, intimate space, and so if you want to get you know, a good seat. I'd say get there about six thirty. Yeah. You grab yeah. your grab your cocktail, have some conversation, you know, and uh, then the show starts around seven, and uh, we usually run it about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes, and you know, with a little break in between the poets, mm-hmm. and uh, and we just have a good time. And, well, know, it's just you know, it's it's a very very simple format. You know, it's not, you know, the format you use on your show is just kind of the same sort of. It's a, it's like a salon, but not as, I don't know, uh, expensive. You know, it's just supposed to be conversations between <laughs> yeah. people. You know, I love it. I love it. That's a big part. It makes the poets presentable as opposed to putting them up on a podium, oh and my then gosh. you know they just go backstage, and that's the end of the, you know, the thing. It gives people a real chance to sit there and really talk about poetry. I love it. You know, this is. Uh, 
Brandon Whitehead on the phone with us. He's the writer, producer, host of the Speakeasy at Swordfish Toms at 210 West 19th Terrace. And um, even my friend Jean Todd, the radio god who's sitting here in studio with me today, he was like, wow, this is amazing. This is a wonderful space. And it truly is. And it just mm -hmm. lends itself to, to a wonderful, intimate evening with poets and writers and cocktails and friends. Um, yeah. So this was a, a, a grand idea that you had, Brandon. Now, you yourself have been writing for a number of years, yes? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have uh, in growing increasingly weirder poems. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got a book out. I've got a collection of short stories yeah. on Amazon somewhere. Uh, I haven't really checked up on it for, uh, for a while, but... <laughs> Yeah, and, and I've done a lot of work on, you know, the, we did the Kansas City Throwdown at mm -hmm. Prosper's Book. Oh, gosh. Uh, Fountainverse, uh, yeah. which we did with Charlotte Street Foundation, you know, who was just huge and, and, a, and a great organization to work with. And, you know, everything kind of slowed down with COVID, of course, but uh, and, and a lot of it went online. And so I've, like a lot of people, done a lot of Zoom things, staring at my own face in a little, you know, square on the screen. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, mostly, you know, it's just, I, I find myself having as much fun, if not more, emceeing poets than trying to hmm. be mm -hmm. a poet. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoy the writing, but, you know, I've done yeah. it for 30 years. And so it's kind of like, yeah. uh, do I want to, you know, when I was 20, do I want to drive six hours to read for five minutes in a three hour long event? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Now, you know, it's just like, eh, you know. I'll, I'll listen and I'll support, and uh, you know I'm always listening for new poets. You know, yeah. to you know if they want to come and come to a speakeasy, see if they like it. You know, and then try and set them up in the future. But you know, it's 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 one of those things that you want to get the best combination of people that you can. So yeah, it's yeah. a lot of it's serendipity. It's just you just gotta hope it works. You know, and and thankfully with Jill and that amazing space that really gives the vibe a good vibe right off the start, you know, so mm -hmm. everybody can mm -hmm. just kind of relax and, and not be worried about, you know, being super, uber, you know, poetry people. It's very steampunk without actually being steampunk because it really was punk and steam. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you know, I, you know, the neatest thing about that is, you know, I couldn't find it when Jill uh -huh. came to talk to me about it and do you want to do it? And I'm like, well, okay, I'd, I'd thought about doing this type of reading for a long time. I just hadn't found the right space. And she came in and said, I'm opening up this, you know, speakeasy cocktail bar. And I couldn't find it the first time. And I was like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> Where is but it? then I finally did. Yeah. And I went down, and when I say it's in a basement boiler room, it's the boiler room. It's true, and truly. it's a beautiful boiler room. Yeah. And one of the coolest things about it is the boiler itself, this huge iron and brass you know, uh, uh, you know, pre-1900 boiler was actually from a steamship. It was from a, a, a pedal boat. And when they converted all of those to gas engines, instead of just scrapping those huge steam engines, they would use them for industrial purposes. So that was actually at one point on a ship at sea. And then so it cool. became, a, a, you know, the, the power source for that, that building. And it's just, it's just, you know, you would think a lot of p owners, people who were going to build a space, they'd want to get rid of that for the space. But Jill realized just how cool that is. You Absolutely. Know? 
Absolutely. that you walk in, and here's this giant steampunk looking, you know, uh, steam engine. I and, love uh, it. and every little touch she's done in there, everything, you know, there's, she has postcards. If you fill out the postcard and give it to them, they'll mail them for you. So you mm-hmm. can send postcards of, mm-hmm. you know, swordfish toms all over wherever you want to go. And just, you know, every, every way that she does it is, you would say, is almost contrary to what if you you would think your big mega business would do but that's what makes it yeah. so cool that's what makes it so intimate i i agree i agree you know and and brandon it's just you know a really wonderful space to, to be in uh you know i i want to say that jessica Connolly is still here and she had mentioned just uh while you were talking that you also uh she, we found your work in and what was the publication i think you were published in kansas city voices when i was the managing editor Oh boy, I, that's possible. I <laughs> remember, I'm old, you know. Uh, um, but it's it's entirely possible that that I did do that. Um, I I have no idea what I might have sent in, but you know. I know it I'm feels sure like it another great. lifetime. I totally understand. <laughs> I love it. You know, and Brandon, where could we find out more information about or 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 see a calendar of upcoming events uh, through the Speakeasy? Um, well, you know, I pretty much, this is another one of these weird things about the yeah. before and after COVID. Um, uh, basically, it's on Facebook. I used to have it linked so it would put it up on the pitch calendar, and it would put it up on the Arts KC calendar, and, I, and, I, and there was another, you know, maybe the Star calendar or something like that. But I, when I started doing live events after COVID, it won't let me do that. So it's hmm. pretty mm-hmm. much just on Facebook. Okay. Um, but just remember, it's the first Sunday of the month, um, and uh, you know my. You can uh, look it up there. I have an email on there if you don't, you know, uh, want to do that and mm-hmm. uh, and ask me that information. But you know, I play it. I play it by ear because a, a lot of poets are touring, so I want to okay. get. You know, it's again serendipity yeah, when they yeah. and they come by. Do I have a slot? That's how I kind of play it. So are you? With that, I'm I'm very curious to know what uh, the calendar year looks like. You're booked for March. Do you have the other uh, future months booked uh, lined well, up? With? Um, it's uh, April is National Poetry Month, so that's yeah. always a very yeah. confusing one because everybody <laughs> wants to do you know sure. uh, something. And so uh, at this point, I have two tentative poets, okay. um, Nettie Zan Powers. And possibly Jason Reberg, but I don't have any of that confirmed. Okay. Um, okay. It's, it's it's still you know one of those things. But uh, you know, after that, hey, if you're a poet out there and you're listening, mm, there you, know, you go. Hit hit me up. You know, I've already got several out of town poets, but I like to you know team them up with more local poets, mm-hmm. just because it gets better exposure and and has better people. You know. I love it. Yeah, uh, Brandon White is the writer, producer, host of the Speakeasy at Swordfish Tom's, 210 West 19th Terrace. You might think that uh, you're kind of lost in this, where is this place, where is this place? Kind of the alley is where you would find the door, which is not real visible. There's not a lot of markings or or signs that say this way. Um, So you might feel a little bit lost, but once you find it, it is such a jam. It's just a wonderful place to uh to listen to current poets and and writers and all and again uh 
Sunday, March 5th from 7 to 8, uh, Swordfish Toms and the Speakeasy present John, uh, Jenny Mulberg, Aaron Adair Hodges, and Kansas State Poet Laureate Tracy Brimhall. Yeah, she's the new Kansas State Poet Laureate uh, uh, right yeah. after Oscar Medina. Um, yeah, but yeah, she's, she's got some big shoes to fill. Hawker uh, <laughs> was uh, uh, everywhere. He yeah. was, you know, he was doing every, you know, event he could do, and I'm sure Tracy will too. Tracy's oh, absolutely. Awesome. She's read there before. She, I, I love her. She's one of these people that, as a poet, you know, it just seems like you know a bright and and happy person and all this kind of stuff. And then some of her poetry will just blow you away. You know, it's just like you know. Well, it, it it always amuses me when, you know, that the, the, some poet might come in there and go, my poet's really extreme, and then it's okay. And then, you know, the nice, quiet person that looks innocent, you know, and, you know <laughs> blows everybody away. You know, it's just, it's it's always I fun. That's yeah, where I get out of it. That's fun. one thing I love is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I get it, I just, in the end, I sit down with my glass of rye whiskey and listen to poetry. That's there you go. You know, Brandon, if I were voting, everyone, well, and everyone in this room, if we were all voting, we would all vote you to be the next poet laureate of West 19th Terrace. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, just that much. That's it. Just that that alleyway yeah. right there. Well, the well I mean, and, uh, yeah. Otherwise, you know, what's the <laughs> what's the saying? Uh, you know, if if nominated, I will not run. If elected, I will not serve. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll be a poet laureate of an alley. That, that works. I but, love it. Uh, no, because you, I know how much work it is. Yeah. Believe me, I've oh seen, my gosh. You know. Yes. How much and Mary Frances, of course, is yeah. Missouri poet laureate, and all the work that she's doing. You know, it's just we'll know, just you, we'll just it, keep it you would conf- me. We'll just keep you confined to West Nineteenth Terrace. No, but I mean, it is I think an important role that you know, in in as poet laureate, you know what what needs to to be presented to the community in terms of you know really promoting the arts, the writing, the the expression, um, and all that. It, it, huge shoes to fill you're right well yeah that's why so many poet laureates are also teachers i mean yes. it just yeah. kind of makes sense you yeah. know it, you that's the that's a huge capacity that you have to have um when you're talking about you know I, i've always thought the funny thing about poetry is it's regarded so highly but it's mm. also so mm-hmm. cheap yeah if that makes sense um, yeah yeah you know and uh, and so it's that ability to be able to not just, you know, write a great poem, but be able to teach a great poem or the idea of a great poem mm-hmm. is, I think, that's as important because, you know, it's you're, you're actually inviting other people to come play, you know, and, and giving Absolutely. them some tools, you know, and yeah. uh, in, in particular when you're, you know, a, a great educator, that's, that's something that just, you know, Always, always impresses me that they can do it. Yeah. It's exhausting for me. I, I you know, I, I, I think I could teach a class of poetry for about twenty minutes, and then I just <laughs> want to go outside. And get oh, yeah. Hey, Brandon, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who was your favorite, your most favorite uh, poet that you had at the Speaker Easy at Swordfish Tom's, Maria? Maria. Maria. Oh, boy. Maria. Uh, yeah. Maria. Uh-huh. Um, Maria. Well. Uh, Maria. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I, I, boy, you know, there was uh, uh, a whole bunch of people that, uh, 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 yeah. Uh, I, every single time is different, and that's what yeah. I love about it. 
and uh, every single time is its own it's separate event. You know, there's I'm none just of them playing exactly with you. the same. But I certainly do love Maria Baskin. <laughs> I was just playing with you because, you know, I can do that. You know, we just love that you bring this to us every month, Brandon. And hopefully we'll get you in here uh, in live in the studio and we can talk more. You can read. You can, you know, maybe bring some some of the poets with you next time. Um, yeah. But but yeah, that's for a later date. But we wanted to say thank you so much for bringing this wonderful opportunity uh, for poets to read their work, bringing it um, to our ears on a monthly basis. Thank you so much for for making that service available to uh, the community. Hey, Maria, thank you. Thank you, you for bet. everything you do. That's 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 a big part of it. Well, thanks, kid. Come back, see us live in person next time, yes? Will do, will do. Okay, thanks so much. All right, have a great day. You too, my friend. Also, I want to say thank you to Michelle Hawkins and Jessica Conley. Thank you so much for joining us today. And silent but deadly are John Todd, the radio god, who's right here. Say hello, John. Hello, how are you doing? Great. Hey, John's so happy. He is happy as a little fish in a gold bottle. And a, I don't know, whatever. Uh, he's been given the gift of a ukulele, and man, is he tearing it up. So, okay. yeah, enjoy that, John. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. You bet. We love you. Hey, I want to say stay tuned next for uh, Jeff Harshbarger, who's going to bring you the best in jazz from 1 to 3, 3 to 6, Old G's Hangout, 6 to 7, Ebony's Bones. And, uh, yeah, so stick around. Don't go anywhere. Also, please, before uh, I sign out, I want to say again many thanks to the supporters of Artspeak Radio and KKFI who contributed to the Winter Pledge Drive. And I'm going to read their names, and I'm going to make you blush. Kathy Peters, Valerie Andrus, Kathy Windham, Terry Steenson, Rosario Hayner-Fletcher, Maria Rios, Penny Themey, Teresa Dirks, Dick Daniels, Jennifer Bricker Pugh, Celeste Lupercio, Tisha Via Strickland, Debbie Barrett Jones, Ada Koch, Bill Pryor, and an anonymous donor. Also, many thanks to Jason Pavoni and John Todd for showing up last week and pitching. And I'm going to say it, you say it with me, honey, I'm coming home. Thanks for listening.